What's going on, everybody? This is James Hunt. Um, I go by Emporium CEO on Twitter. That's Emporium, E-M-P-O-R-I-U-M, CEO on Twitter. Uh, today, I just wanted to come in and have a conversation. I got a special guest, somebody who's special to me, uh, my cousin Ari. Um, she'll introduce herself now. Hey, guys, it's Ari. Ariana, but all right, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I just want to have a relaxed conversation, uh, kind of like how we shoot the shit when we together uh, and just talk about a couple current topics, some uh, interesting things that I see from from just life and, and uh, you know, from 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 a Twitter perspective. And hopefully, you know, people can find some value in, in our conversation um, that we have today. So the first thing I kind of want to talk about was was uh, a topic that is near and dear to me because, and, and I think in the, in the black community in a whole, because a lot of times we, we kind of like thrown to the wolves, you know what I'm saying? Where you gotta, you, you gotta learn stuff uh, by, by trial by fire, as they call it. And so I think I, I made a post in November um, that, that it connected with a lot of people. Basically I asked, you know, what are some things that you wish you would have been taught or uh, told growing up? And, uh, you know, you gave a, a pretty solid answer to that question. So I wanted to, I guess, start there and then we can just kind of go back and forth. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things for most people in our community is financial responsibility. I don't think that's in our homes at all for the majority of us. So I think that's a pretty obvious one is just learning how to deal with money, how to save money, and just how to make smart financial decisions across the board. Um, but another one for me, I think, is how to maintain healthy relationships. I think we fall into this place where we mimic unknowingly what we see in our homes, and it's not necessarily ever the most healthy thing. So I think um, like learning how to deal with other people, not even just on a romantic basis, but also like platonically too. I don't think a lot of us are taught how to cultivate healthy platonic relationships either. So I think that's pretty important. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to break those down because again, like you gave <clears throat> Two great, great answers. Uh, one, the first thing about the money. So you said basically how to how to like handle money. And what did you mean by that from from your perspective? Um, building credit is a big one, I think, for me personally. I didn't even know what that meant or how important it was in my household or just with my parents, period. It was never mentioned. I didn't know what a credit card was until I graduated from high school and one was sent to me. So to me, I saw that as free money and I obviously made horrible <laughs> decisions with that credit card, not knowing that that was an opportunity to kind of lay a foundation for the rest of my life. That one decision I made at 18, I, it took me years to undo that because I didn't get that in my home. We never, or even in school, honestly. I feel like this is something that should be implemented in school. Instead of us learning uh, Y equals MX plus B, we need to be taught how to handle money, something that affects our life. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's funny. So what was, uh, what would you say when you first got your credit card, what did you buy? <laughs> <laughs> I bought some makeup <laughs> from, yes, I bought some lipstick and lip gloss eyeliner from the drugstore. Yeah. 
stuff I absolutely didn't even need. But because, again, I saw it as an opportunity for free money, not thinking that you're going to have to pay this back. Nothing in our capitalist society is free. So I I saw it as free money and did something so irresponsible with it. Yeah, I think, you know, what's crazy. My, my experience is similar, um, you know, growing up. Uh, my mom never really discussed credit. Uh, to my knowledge, I really didn't know anything about it and I got my first credit card fresh out of high school as well um I think actually you know what on campus right so this is what they used to do um they had these tables set up and you know we starving college students or whatever and they have a, a table set up and uh it'll say like $25 free Chipotle card or what have you you know what I'm saying if you if you just fill out the application you don't even so they'll say all right uh, you might not even get accepted, but just for filling it out, you know, we're going to give you this gift card. So everybody is a line a mile long. Everybody's yeah. signing up, you know, <laughs> a month later, a credit card hit my mailbox. Like, Oh shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, oh, I blew that, I blew that credit card out the water. I, I believe, uh, you know, and I never even paid them back. It was crazy. Um, me neither. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it was done. It was, it was, I got lucky because I think they tried to take me to court and then they ended up just dropping the case or whatever. But I had stayed away from credit for so long uh, just because, you know, I had that bad experience. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I think that is you're right, though, like in regards to the curriculum with schools, but then also uh, us being where you a parent now, you know, and then in the future, if I become a parent, I think that's definitely something that's critical is to instill that knowledge. Into your children, but even as an adult now, just making sure we continue to have those good habits. Because you know, I got credit and stuff now, but it's still a challenge to. Absolutely. All right, let me make sure I don't spend this on something that uh, I don't need. You know what I mean? And and that's the issue. Like people, for instance, you know, Instagram. Everybody want to be lit for the gram. Exactly. People buying, (laughs) going on trips, and doing whatever, and running up these high balances on their card, and. uh, you know, it's not really, it's not really beneficial in a, in a sense. So one thing I will say is it's a lot of different opportunities out there nowadays that didn't exist. Um, when I got my first car, like, you know, a lot of people, now you definitely got to do your homework um, in regards to getting your credit taken care of and, and learning it yourself. Like, that's one thing I tell people, people always be like, oh, you know, who could fix my credit? Well, first you need to figure out, like, like Ari said, learn how to manage your credit and what it's about before you get it fixed. Cause all you're going to do is run into another problem. Exactly. Uh, it being fixed. And one thing I will say that helped me was I found out what a secure credit card is. So for the people who don't know what that is, um, a secure credit card is um, a credit card issued through one of the major financial institutions, whatever it, it's like a normal credit card, but it's your money. So they saying, okay. they saying, all right, you already messed up. We don't trust you. So now you're going to have to give us like, say they say, give us 200 and then they give you a balance of a credit credit line of credit for 200 and you treat it just like a credit card. And then you show that you, they, and you never get this 200 back, but you basically show that uh, you're responsible. And then what happened to me was they provided me with an actual credit card. And I just been continuing to build um, since that, since that time. And, and you cannot get declined for a, secure a credit card um, just because it's your money and they taking it. So um, it, it works out good for them because there's more income for the companies, but also for you, you get another opportunity 
to get to cooked. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so that's something I just want to throw out there to people. Um, you know, always I just tell people do your research. Like, you know, if I'm telling you secure credit card, Google secure credit cards, and you'll be able to figure figure out something from there. And don't be embarrassed. It's a journey. It's a learning process for everybody. I'm about to be 29 years old, and I'm still learning. I think I don't know if you know this or not. The I think the first person that I learned like in depth credit information about was from you. What? When I was well into my twenties, yes. I never knew that. <laughs> well into my twenties, so I don't think people, like you said, want to put on for the gram. But it, no question is dumb, and because you don't know anything, doesn't mean you can't learn it. So yeah, yeah, you know what, and and that that actually, that's very uh. I would say that's very motivational to hear that because I, I had no clue, you know, I just like to share um, stuff with people and, and, and the internet just because it's stuff I wish somebody would have shared with me. Like it's, you're talking yeah. about right now, you know, like that really, really, especially with me being the oldest child, um, I, I'm used to doing everything first uh, in my immediate family and somewhat in my overall like family on my mom's side, because you know, uh, like being the first person to go to college in my generation or graduate high school or just certain stuff where I couldn't even, I didn't have nobody to go to or give me information from. It kind of was like, all right, here you yeah, are. Yeah, that's dummy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and then I got like, you know, um, she not on the car, but I got like belly hit me up about stuff all the time. And I'm like, man, I wish I had somebody to hit up like you hit me up. But yeah, it's 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 always good though. But yeah, I definitely would recommend people look up secure cards because um, that's just an opportunity. And especially people getting back taxes and whatnot, spend that 200 on yourself. You know, it's cool to buy a bottle in the club for 200, but you can build credit uh, and buy a bottle in the club. So it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> for real, you know, I'm not going to, everybody, you know, I'm not like, I like to have fun. So it's like, hey, I understand you got to grind, but you got to have fun, but have some balance. You can't just be exactly. out here just having all the fun and neglecting things because you're going to wake up. 45 50 and be in a bad space so terrible um, place i see that <laughs> parents hey <laughs> hey but you know what's crazy man and i you know i don't know if my mom would hear this but my mom too you know what i mean like you feel me it's like uh you know you, you see people just do i'm not gonna say do the wrong thing but just live life however they want to and it's then, cyclical like <laughs> they're living the same way they saw their parents live that's true. nobody sees a problem that's true. And I think that, you know, it's crazy you say that kind of segueing into the next piece was you talk about not having an example of how to build relationships yeah. from a from a, a, a romantic aspect or a platonic friends. Um, yeah. I guess share like a story or maybe um, just whatever brought you to that to that place where you realized I don't I didn't I didn't get the opportunity to get taught this. And now I'm learning the hard way. Yeah, so um, I don't want to get super, like, yeah, sentimental let's... or tell my whole life story, but I wasn't an only child, but the way that I grew up, I kind of felt that way because my siblings are older. Um, so I kind of was exposed to things that I wasn't ready for, not necessarily all bad, but just things that I shouldn't have been around, and also my parents weren't there but they weren't there like we didn't have conversations that would allow me to learn things that I needed in my life so 
and I think that's something that you have to be taught like you don't just know how to interact with other people so you base it on what you see so I found that I became like really closed off romantically and platonically I had an issue with trust I I feel like a lot of people would say they have trust issues but for me it directly came from a place of not being taught not seeing it not receiving it from the people around me um love is something that I had to learn how to receive that sounds crazy like I didn't know how to receive love from other people I I felt like there was always um, like an agenda for somebody if they showed me some type of love so yeah I just I feel like those are conversations especially in when you're in puberty as a, a girl like when you're growing up so I grew up with my dad there's just things that my dad couldn't teach me and my mom wasn't around so we didn't have conversations that allowed me to learn those type of things and that's so I I spent a lot of my early 20s learning and figuring out who I am as a person whereas I think that should have happened maybe when I was in high school you know 15 16 years old so like some of the stuff you you say you say you you learned later on in life I guess what are what are some of the things you you learned and I guess um what what would you like like how would you translate that into a message for say your daughter like, how would you teach your children the stuff that you learned? Like, what principles have you learned and, and how would you teach those things? Or what would you teach? Yeah, how to <clears throat> respect who a person is, uh, like the differences. Just because we're different doesn't mean that we can't get along and we can't operate in the same space. Mm-hmm. For me, when I was younger, if I had a disagreement with someone, I automatically stepped away from them permanently. I didn't know how to have a conversation. <laughs> no, seriously. I didn't know how to have a conversation with somebody and it be that. Like, I didn't know how to separate that one incident from our re- relationship in total. Um, so for me, it's just that interaction, like learning how to respect people for who they are. And yeah, I just... For my daughter, I think um, even just like little words of encouragement and just hearing her hearing every day that I love her and I'm proud of her, even just small things like that, I think is really important to children. Yeah, it's funny because I would say so. Um, and this is just, I guess, a, a quick summary of, of how I looked at relationships. I went to a lot of different schools growing up, so um I think my my train of thought was because I I laughed. I wasn't laughing at you, but I was laughing at the fact when you said if you had a disagreement, you would step away. Um, I could connect with that to a certain degree because me going to I don't know how many different schools I went to, say like nine of them. Right. So me being the new guy all the time, you know, and, and realizing like I started to think that people were disposable. Yeah, it's just like, you know, I didn't see the true value in in, in relationship building because Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna have to make new friends anyway. So I don't need to keep in contact with people. I don't have to take things as serious. So um, I I definitely will say that's something that I I took into my adult life. And to this day, I'm working on maintaining. That's one thing I want to do is uh, work on maintaining those relationships once you after you establish them for me. It's kind of like, all right, don't just let your friendships 
slide by the wayside because you know people are important um i'm reading this book now when well, i'm not reading it currently but robert green is one of my favorite authors and i know a lot of times i watch his interviews and he talk he talks about um how people are more interesting than you actually have conceptualized in your mind because we have we always so caught up on what we want out of people or what we want to do or like you talked about uh you know, you were focused on your perspective. You wasn't even trying to hear theirs if it didn't connect with yours. Exactly. And so, like, just hearing that from from him and hearing yours, your your story, I think it definitely connects. Um, I would say for me, in regards to something that I wish I would have been taught growing up. I mean, obviously, the money management yeah, aspect is huge. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, I would say, hold on, let me check and see here. Uh got to go back to my initially oh oh this is huge to me so uh self-care um, oh yes <laughs> yeah you know I think you know I grew up in a Christian household you know a super crazy Christian household so my mom um kept it crazy non-stop <laughs> what what not crazy oh for real for <laughs> real for real I mean I think there's a, you know, and I respect everyone's religion. Um, I respect what everybody thinks in regards to religion. Um, but I, I think you have to have balance no matter what you believe in. And when I talk about the balance, I'm talking about you have to have an identity um, outside of your religion. Um, just because, and, and I'm talking about primarily self-care practices. And so for me, I just realized like growing up in the hood, a lot of people go through stuff and they self-met, like, usually this is all I see. And and I could be wrong, but this is what I saw growing up was people either drinking, smoking, or fucking. One of the three. And, One of the three, for sure. Yeah, yeah and it's like, those are not self-care practices, uh, essentially. They're escape mechanisms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're not, you know, they're not healthy. And obviously, um, you know, a lot of different things come into play with that. But back to the self-care piece, it's kind of like, damn, I wish I would have known, like, all right, even something as small as going for a walk when you feel frustrated or when you got something going on, like just learning how to redirect negative thoughts or energy in, yeah. in, in a positive fashion, um, even if you don't have that person to, because to me, the most important thing is uh, self-awareness. So even like you you, you said earlier, um, you and your dad didn't have those conversations. And I think somebody in that space who who is who comes from a similar type of background or currently going through the, the current the current issues could benefit the most by having those self-care practices because it's like, all right, if your dad is not there for you or whoever else, at least you know how to um get out of your own mind in a healthy way and, and kind of deal with things and and they learn to accept them. So I really like this summer, this past summer where I took off from from uh, from my classes, which um, I'm getting my MBA right now, just for the people listening who don't know that. So I took a, a mom flex. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me tell you, after I get off of this interview, it's not going to be no flex because I'm going to do some homework and be stressed. <laughs> so but um, I spent the summer just doing self-care stuff. So yoga, um, obviously, I, I love running. So that's something that I do frequently. Um, but just like meditation, going to actually meditation studio, just doing all type of stuff to figure out what I enjoy. But really just like for me, I dealt with anxiety at one point before I started going to therapy. Um, 
And I didn't. And the reason was was because number one, I'm very driven, so I always think about like what's the worst thing that can happen, and I'm always thinking about the future. Or like being, but though, but the self care, like even if you, so like what I learned was people who deal with like depression, they think about like the past or whatever. People who deal with anxiety deal with the future. I, I think that's right. And so, what I learned was those self care practices were doing nothing but making me become more present. Or it's like just be grateful and grounded where you are gratitude. right now. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Just having that gratitude and that connection um, with just the present. And, and I think that benefited me uh, in a way that I can't even, I, <clears throat> I can't even quantify it. And, and I wouldn't even want to, because I just know down the line, a stressful situation can happen or I can go through the worst case scenario. And I feel like I would be at, be able to be at peace because I have inherited those practices. So I'm def- glad you mentioned that though. Um, just thinking about it, when we think of self-care, a lot of people will go and spend money they don't have or drink, like you said, and call it self-care. We, a lot of people see self-care as things that are making the situation worse. Like mm-hmm. they'll chalk things like that to self-care when in all actuality, it's the yoga, it's the meditating, it's the writing down your gratitude for the day. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's the things that are going to help you change your thought process. So I, I really like that you said that because I don't think people see self-care the way that they should. What's some self-care practices you you uh, you currently doing and I guess maybe some future ones you want to do? Uh, for sure, yoga. I'm into yoga a lot. I started over the summer heavy, and it's something that I try to commit myself to at least two to three times a week. Um, this year, I bought a manifestation journal, so I've been writing in that about once or twice a week, and in that, I really focus on gratitude. It's, gratitude is something that has really changed my perspective on life, just being thankful for the things that I've achieved in the moment. It's like you said, we spend a lot of time thinking about what we did wrong or what we want hap- to happen in the future and totally <clears throat> miss the current moment. So I've been doing that. Um, I think for the future, I want to get into just doing things that I like to do overall, whatever that is. So me just exploring things for myself. You still taking that solo trip? Yes, I am. I'm for sure taking that trip in April. That's what's up. Yeah, I know me, me and Art have been talking about solo trips and the benefits of those. And I think it's something that everybody should try at least once in their life. Um, so definitely, if you get an opportunity to do it, then do it. But uh, oh, back to the I wanted to go back to the self-care practices portion. Um, congratulations on the uh, you said it was a manifestation journal. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's pretty sweet. So I think people should look into that. It's crazy because. I, I got a journal from a friend as a gift and uh, I I had a journal before, but I, I reviewing it, I was only writing like the bad, like I would only go to it when stuff was horrible in my life. So yeah. when I look at it, it's so sad and just yeah. like, like, this is not right. <laughs> so now, and I'm going to share this with everybody is uh, if you wanted to get into journaling and, and also Ari, you can um, share what you write in your journal, like the, not what you write, but I guess the the methodology behind it. But yeah. For, so for me, um, in this journal I have now, um, what I try to do is uh, have a conversation with myself, and I ask myself, what have I done wrong today or this week? Um, and I'm not condemning the actions. I mean, I'm not condemning myself. I'm condemning the actions. And so I review that, and then the second question I ask myself is, what did I do right? And uh, you know. 
talk about that. And then third, I talk about uh, what should I have done? And so look at things where I'm like, all right, I missed out on this opportunity or I could have did this better. And uh, now I feel like it's more structured and positive because of yeah. my old journal, man. It's like, oh, my God. I have the same thing. I've read old journals before. Like, damn, girl, you're <laughs> depressed. <laughs> yeah you just talk about everything you do wrong and it's just like no this is not it so I I definitely want to say that um it's a right and a wrong way to do these self-care uh practices we talk about one thing I have and you'll be proud of me too is in the morning now um I try to probably like two to three times a week uh I do like a cat pose or whatever they downward dog and all Mm -hmm. this stuff I do like five minutes real quick and I feel great you know what I'm saying Yoga is so amazing. It really is. I don't think people really understand. Like from, they don't. From the mental aspect um, to the physical, like even stretching in the morning, like I feel great. I'm like, man, because I usually I work out and I don't stretch during my workout. So when I do the yoga, it's like a dual benefit. So definitely get into the self-care practices. All right, let's see here. What else did I want to say? Let's talk about dating. What you think about uh, that? Yeah, let's talk about dating. What's going on? It is the ghetto, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about dating. That's a hot topic. Uh, ghetto, ghetto. But the dating for me is interesting. It's different because I got married at a very young age. So I spent the majority of my adulthood being in a relationship so dating is something I had to learn how to do late in life Mm -hmm. because I was tied down while everybody else was exploring Mm -hmm. and for me and I think it's different because of social media so the game is totally different you have access to people you could possibly never even run into if there wasn't things like Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat Mm -hmm. so it's a, a totally different scene and the way that things are done is just interesting for me. So on, break that, on both break that down a little bit. Break that down a little bit for me and the listeners. So you say you have access and the game has changed. Uh, what you mean by that? So you can just log into your phone and see see someone that you think is attractive and approach them. Whereas before there was Twitter and Facebook and all of these things, you had to approach someone in person and get to know that, hi, my name is this and what's your name? Now people just send in the eye emojis and the DMs. And that's how the conversation <laughs> is sparked. <laughs> like, so, so wait, do the majority. So like, are you in a dating scene now or when I don't know your current situation, but uh, <laughs> so do there's a majority of interaction between you and men happen online or on the streets? I would say online. I wow. would yes, I would say that the majority of the men that approach and part of that is because I don't do shit but go home, to, go to work and come home. So that's partially my fault, but still a lot of the people that approach me are on the internet. Because you have your pictures up there on Twitter, they see your thoughts, and people just approach you in that way. And I don't completely think it's a bad thing. Because okay. that access to people you wouldn't have access to. I've met some very good friends via social media that I cherish. So it's not a totally bad thing. But I do think there's a, there should be a balance there that we're kind of struggling to find as a society. So what, I mean, so, so from from your lens i want to know about the balance that we need to find and also like so you dating now 
has it been good for you or say if you're taking something serious uh does it cause any problems like how do you how do you look at it overall so in a nutshell you're dating to have a long-term relationship how does social media play into that relationship oh my goodness in so many different ways social media is ending relationships not not only (laughs) is it starting them it's ending relationships these days people are getting mad at their significant others for liking pictures and the comments and so it's it's a really tricky thing to add into the into the pot but then again a lot of these relationships wouldn't even be at all if it wasn't for social media so it's kind of like this catch-22 thing that you have to have a strong mind to deal with to be honest it's different it's different and interesting but I don't know. I I do think it's necessary, though. Again, you have access not only to people for romantic and platonic relationships, but there's opportunities to learn things that you don't know via the the social media. So I don't know. That's true. It's definitely how you use it. Um, I would say I, I learned a lot and I've been on social media for quite some time. So, you know, I always joke and say, like, I made I made a lot of money off of social media. So. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just like just even promoting like business that I had in college, landscaping or whatever. So it's like I've I've been utilizing it as a tool, but also, like you said, it also can be used as a dating source as well. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but I think so. Like relationships overall, like uh, romantic relationships, and and where we are being millennials, um, I guess. So you say it's the ghetto. Is it gonna get better? Like, do you see people as they, as we mature or are there are the dating prospects going to mature and get better or are we just screwed? Um, uh, I think that's difficult to say because I, I really think it's situational and it's really what you make it. Like you said, you can, it could be a good thing for you. You can use it for a good purpose or you can use it to just dive in 600 girls DMs. It's really situational. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. What's crazy is I'm I'm probably like old school because I would prefer to catch somebody in person versus versus over uh, over the Internet. Just because to me, it seems more genuine and I can kind of gauge like your interest level somewhat a little bit better. But I mean, a lot of people can't have conversations in person. So I get that a lot. So I talk to a girl or a woman and uh, say, you know, we talking and she like, most dudes don't know how to talk or have a conversation. And I'm like, what? Really? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that might be because most people aren't actively listening. Most people are listening to respond. And that's something exactly. that exactly that's something that I have discovered within myself um, as a as a a defect in a sense. And I've been working on that as well. So now I, I try to digest what people say and, and truly listen, because. A lot, and, and this is for the fellas too, just a word of advice. I mean, women are really just talk your head off. Like I don't I know several women I talk to for real. <laughs> just, I could put them on, on mute and they're gonna be talking and talking and talking. About it, you know? <laughs> and, and so it's not it shouldn't be and, and the crazy thing is it's like an interview in a sense. So like you ever go to an interview and if you get the person interviewing you to talk about themselves and get the focus off of you they feel like, damn, that interview was good as hell. It's because they was talking about themselves. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like that's a hack that I found a long time ago. Like they told you to look around the office and this is just to get off topic real quick. It's talking about looking in the office, seeing if they like football or whatever it is, or 
it could be a woman if she got like her kids up, whatever it might be, and just have a just try to throw in a, a, a general comment about it and see how deep they dive into it. Um, and, and if you find that, man, they'll talk about it off top. They'll get off topic for a long time. And the same thing with, with talking to people. I don't know, though. I think, like, so when I think about the dating game, I think it's, man. The ghetto. I, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say it's the ghetto uh, because I know I had a lot to work on. Yeah. Um, especially when I first got single. Like, I've been single for almost a year now. But even in those relationships, I had a lot to work on. And so that's probably why they didn't work out. But um, I had to go through those to be the person I am today. But I will say, um, and not to, you know, we talk about it for a long time. It's just like, I feel like dating, it, it can be fun. It's just, how, it depends on how you, you use it. Like you said, I mean, for me right now, I decided 2020, I'm not dating. I'm not doing nothing. I'm like really focused on some goals I have. And again, school is kicking my ass. So um, I really don't have time and don't really even want to be bothered at this point. You know, so I'm just putting it up. Um, I'm putting myself in jail, so to speak, for a year. Uh, and so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think what you say that'll probably work out in your favor versus I, some people don't have the mental capacity to be able to even do that. They'll still toy with people knowing that they're not ready for it. So, yeah, no, I don't have time. That's the thing. It's like I got too much on my plate. I don't have time to. You know, I love talking to women and, and, and being around them, but I really don't have time. Like, I can be friends. I don't even want to have sex with nobody at who I'm, like, don't see myself with. And that's a huge step for me where it's like, all right, you're not even, like you said, you can't be out here to- toying with people and just wasting your time. And so for me, I haven't had sex this year uh, or I haven't drank, you know, and I feel great. I feel focused and uh, I'm definitely saving a lot of money too. So two major accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for real, man. Plus, you know, I don't want to have kids unexpectedly. I kind of want to plan for them. So um, I kind of knew like if I was out here doing what I could do, <laughs> I'd put myself in a bad space. So, but yeah, so I guess dating is the ghetto. <laughs> that is my but zero but, out of ten but listen though the ghetto can be gentrified right it sure can <laughs> you are absolutely right so we always gonna remember that there's value in the ghetto um and that goes for your relationships or where if you live in the ghetto i mean it, you know the arabics and the chinese people and whoever else in your community for real it's money there like they don't send their kids to the, our schools or that usually some of them i have seen a couple that sent them to their school, to school yeah yeah but traditionally, they, you know, the people, the vendors who come to the hood and set up shop, they don't live there or they don't, uh, you know, send their they kids there. But it's definitely money in the hood. It's opportunity. So, um, you know, we got to gentrify the dating scene. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like yeah. a campaign slogan. <laughs> hey, definitely. Hey, that's going to be a Twitter post for me, dog. Let me see. What, we're going to see what's going to happen. Actually, that might be the name of this uh, this episode gentrifying dating <laughs> or something <laughs> like that so let me see here there's something else i wanted to talk about you sick over there no i'm getting over something i was sick the past <laughs> week or so and passing that shit out around at work and i caught it um, out here crazy is he getting over something i definitely uh, am now i kind of want to roll into just either some current topics if you got anything i know i had written down some notes like 
I see a lot of times people talking about these $60 dates or $200 dates. So if that's something you want to talk about, or if you don't got the mental capacity for that. Oh, Jesus. I, I honestly, <laughs> I haven't like read any, I skim it. And I obviously see people talk about it on Twitter, but I haven't looked into it in depth. Like what is overall the, the complaint? Is it men complaining about the amount of money they're spending on women on dates? Like what's the issue? You know what? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I do not know, um, but I'm assuming that it is men complaining about uh, spending money on women who don't have any interest, or I, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know. I just think I look at it like this: if you don't have the money to waste, don't go. That's that that's simple. It. That's it. I mean, when I say I, I seen when I seen the sixty dollars was like trending, I'm I like, can't, man, I can't believe that's I, the amount of money we're going with here. Listen, I remember when I was, I had a beef, right? I had a beef with this basketball player in college. So, um, of course, it was over a woman, but uh, he was in there and I was in, the, we were in the subway. It was after the club or something like that. And I seen him and it was like three girls around him because he was a pretty popular dude on campus, obviously, because he hooped. And so I'm in the subway and I'm like, what can I do to make this dude, you know, make him mad? So I'm like, hey, What's up, y'all hungry? So I tell all the girls, it's three of them and probably like four or five more. I'm like, I'll buy y'all all five dollar footlongs. Come with me. And they all dipped on <laughs> <laughs> They all dipped on him and came up with me or whatever. That we was outside talking. I, I, I remember looking at the receipt. My homeboy was with me. He like, bro, you spent like $50 on Subway. And uh, it was just funny to me. And I didn't even like get nobody's number or nothing. Like, I didn't expect nothing. I just, it was like, a, I guess, a small flex. But yeah. I, What's crazy is I was somewhere maybe a month or a few months later and this girl just screamed out like, hey, ain't you that dude who bought out every autumn girl subway? <laughs> <laughs> so it was and I actually started talking to her after that. That was pretty funny, too. But um, back to the $60 point, it's like, man, this is so petty. It's like if you don't have a, you know, the money, don't go. That's that and why are you going out on a date that you're not you're not inter- inter- interested in the person in the first place if you're quantifying how much you're spending like why does it matter how much you spend on somebody that you're trying to get to know you're courting this person it doesn't matter if you spend two dollars or 200 like if you're the point of it is to get to know them and be it the man or the woman that spends the money. I don't understand why there's so much emphasis on dollar amounts in this situation in the first place. If you're on a date, you're you're supposed to be enjoying each other's company. Yeah, and I want to give the fellas some game. So, this, and this is just my point of view. But so I look at, and I want you to to also tell me what you think about this. So, you go on a date. Number one, don't you, you mentioned from two dollars to two hundred. When you get a girl, a, 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 a woman's number or whatever, take her on a date, don't go to the most expensive restaurant first. Like, that's not what you're supposed to do. For, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. For one, you might not even have good chemistry with the woman after you sit down with her and be like, oh, yeah. you know, she kind of weak or whatever. Now you out of all this money. Now you're really going to be mad or whatever. So it's like you better off built. Plus, if you start off at the most expensive restaurant, then every time you go out to eat, anything less than that is like, oh, what's going on with this dude? Is he broke now? <laughs> or, or for real. You know, you set the standard so high where you like shoot yourself in the foot. So 
I realized that a while back. It's like, no, nah, you don't take a woman out to the most expensive restaurant on the first date. I don't care how bad she is to you or what's going on. It's like, no, you go ahead and go somewhere fun, somewhere intimate where you can like, you know, have a conversation and, and really get to know her and whatnot. But it doesn't have to be a super ultra expensive date. Um, you know, there so you many know. different things you could do. Um, you know, I'm, I live in Cleveland. And so, it, you know, it's we have a number of different things to do up here. Um, that you can go on a date for probably a hundred dollars or whatever like that overall and you won't have to spend that money but you will have fun as well like that's the thing like dinner is cool but dinner is not have you ever just been like damn I went to dinner and it was fun no not (laughs) ever and that's that was gonna be my next point most dinner dates are uptight it's like you're staring across the table at somebody you don't even know like so that's a good point you should have a conversation with them and find out what they like and do something fun like go to an arcade or something or a museum i really don't think dinner dates across the board are are a good first date in the first place no the museum is a hack i'll tell you that now across the world (laughs) let me tell y'all something i don't care where you live at alaska atlanta uh albuquerque new mexico it don't matter museums are affordable um they usually have free days yeah and you can get some fire pictures inside the museum sure too. can so i definitely would advise people to go to me plus you might be able to learn something i i've um recently went to a couple of exhibits myself and was able to learn uh, a lot of geographical stuff that i didn't know because and i think we were talking about that in the group message and i and you know what i don't even care I'm a smart dude, but I didn't know that China was so close to... Uh, that was... was so funny when you <laughs> said that. <laughs> I didn't know that China was so close to India or something. like. I forget what it was, but, you know, I don't, I'm just... I've never been out the country, and, yeah, I know what a globe is, and I probably could identify the continents, but I just didn't realize how close they were when I yeah. really broke it down. But I learned that from being at a museum, so it's like... Yeah, I feel you in regards to going on dates. Um, do something fun, you know, like do something where I'd rather make a, a woman mad where she like, I ain't dressed for this or, you know, yeah. like versus being bored and something with effort. I think that's a problem. Like a lot of people don't make effort to make a date at all. First, like interesting, be it the first date or the second date. Like there's no effort put in. And it's really weird to me. It's like, do you want to date me or not? well that's the thing i think a lot of people don't they might not want to date they might just want to have sex and uh turn up you (laughs) might be right a lot of men today think a date is going to the bar too what's with that that's not a date to you no it's not a date i feel like us going to the bar together is after we've already been dating like that's just some i'm not doing anything you're not doing anything let's link at the bar type thing but what's a bar (laughs) to you though so maybe that's what i need you to elaborate more on because to me like if you say all right let's go to the bar i'm gonna go to like a nice spot that got food maybe uh some games or what like you mentioned arcade Mm -hmm. I think it's called 21 bit. That's pretty, that's a bar essentially, but it has arcades in it. No, I'm talking about a down home bar. All they (laughs) got is alcohol and a DJ. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) And that's cool sometimes. That's a, an opportunity to spend time, but like guys will try to take you to the bar on the first date. Like not on the first date. Yeah. So do fellas do mini golf, laser quest, anything. And that's the crazy part. 
like laser quest or a lot of different things that you probably did as a child or wanted to do as a child you still can do that's lit that's really all millennials do is reliving their childhood like, for sure i just saw like i went to a a a, a, a dog bounce house in the summertime what that's yeah that shit looks fun it was fun. <laughs> like for sure. I could not stop smiling. It was funny as hell. And they got like a they got this one thing. They got a Lego bar coming up here. Mm. Which is right, which is crazy. So I might have to go check that out. But basically, fellas and ladies too. Um oh, but when I met you this real quick. So if a dude take you out, do you expect him to pay for the first date? Like how does that work for you? For me, I yeah, I do expect it because especially if you ask me out on the date. So you going to ask me out on a date and you want me to pay? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? What, what What's going on? But for the most part, just because traditionally the first date is the man is asking, can I take you on a date? So that's why I expect it. Not because I, for any other reason, just that simply you're asking me out on a date. So you should be paying for it. I feel the same way. Honestly, I feel like if a man asks you out, but even for a woman, if a woman asks me out, yeah, uh, I don't feel like I, I don't know obligated to pay. So yeah, I mean, it is what I it is. So what about this though? So like, I seen. Oh, I will say this, and then we can move away from this uh, dating topic because <laughs> um, it'll go on all day. Uh, I seen something that said. Um, so a lot of and you know I think people be flexing, but I know they be flexing. But a lot of I seen this woman post something where she said basically um you know you're not a man if you let a woman pay for your date or like and, and it seemed like she meant overall ever and i'm like yeah. what or she was saying a woman shouldn't have to go in her bag or purse for a tip or nothing and to me i'm not gonna lie to you i have no problem paying for a date right but when a woman be like hey you know or they they, they might try to be like oh uh let me uh you know that they have tried to pull up they pull out their wallet and I'm like, no, I got it, whatever. I'm like, but if you want to, because I usually don't have cash. If they got cash, I'm like, hey, you got, you know, ten dollars or something, just leave yeah. them a tip, leave them a tip, and I still tip them on the receipt, you know, if the service was good or whatever. But that but to, but the, the the lady was just dogging men and women who like I guess were not opposed to that. I have an issue with women who think like that and I could go on and on about it <clears throat> but for me I think that says more about her character as a person than anything else uh, these are the same women that I think that expect a man to pay all the bills and all and those type of topics too but I absolutely don't see an issue with paying for the date sometimes like it a relationship is really 50-50. You have to work at it together. So why do you think it's normal or okay and expect the man to always foot the bill for everything? I don't think it's okay. And, and then expect equality. That's not how that works. Like, let's be honest. That's just not how that works. Now, if you have a man who is on the same page with you and feels like he should be doing that, that's something totally different. But you should never walk into a situation expecting that from every man you come in contact with. It's just not a good way to think. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that. Because <laughs> it's so, I mean, we'll probably have to have another discussion about that. Because even talking about just, it, it's just crazy to me. But when, and you say something like, 
people come up with these whole, oh, somebody should pay all the bills or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, where did you get this from? Exactly. Your, your daddy wasn't around or your daddy did not pay all the Why bills. Why do you like, think that? I don't I understand no, it at all. Then on top of it, if it's that's the case, you better have twenty fucking thousand dollars saved up. <laughs> Seriously. It's not for you to go like we talked about with credit cards and know how to manage your money. If I'm paying all the bills and you're not doing nothing, that means that you should have a bag stacked up. So that's going to make us better. You know what I'm saying? I'm just shocked that men actually marry women who think this way. Like, I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm you know what? Baffled. I don't know. Who, do you honestly know any married women living like that? personally no but i hear about it there's women who feel like they shouldn't have to go in there obviously those type of relationships is something i only see on tv but they're definitely out there these women that you're talking about on twitter that have these conversations there are men who want them so yeah but that's another thing too like i feel and we we gonna have another episode of talking about that because i feel like a lot of guys i know especially older men um uh, get like a younger girl and want to pay for everything but that's because they can have leverage over them exactly. And power. Control. So not, exactly so that's like a control thing but moving away from dating because we could talk about that <laughs> forever <laughs> um i guess like what current topics like what you've been into what's been catching your eye lately what's 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 going on in your world to be honest, this is a the period of time, like around my birthday, I start inching away from social media, kind of doing a little cleanse. I do this every year for about 45 days. I don't get any social media and I just read a couple books. So honestly, other than like the coronavirus and Kobe Bryant passing away, I'm not up on any like social media things or I haven't seen anything, to be honest. So, uh, R.P. to Kobe, man. That, for that, sure. That, I, I'll tell you this. That was my favorite basketball player. Um, anybody who know me knows I love Kobe. Like, I had people calling me like my relative died um, when he passed away. <laughs> <laughs> for real. And I respect that. I appreciate everybody who called me. They're serious. But uh, what hit me the hardest was when they announced his daughter was with him. Like, yeah, was he was so a grown sad. man. But when people lose their lives at such a young age and not able to live, yeah. To see their 16th, 18th, 21st birthday, you oh, know, that sad. type of stuff. That's sad. And just how close they were. And then I also read something that was kind of like their rainbow baby. She got pregnant with her when they were like going through that situation um, mm. in their marriage. So that kind of like, that almost made me cry. Because that's Damn. so sad. Yeah. She essentially saved their relationship. And for her to be in, on that helicopter, that's just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I, and and big ups to Vanessa Bryant, man. She's a strong woman, and I'll never forget something that I heard her say. You know, when they was asking her why she wouldn't leave Kobe, and she said, and, and you know, she could have went to anybody, but she was like, she was even attracted to his will to be a champion and win. Basically, yeah. she said, "Who else I'm gonna go to? There's no man alive with the determination that this man has to be successful." Mm. You know, and I was like, "Damn!" Like, <clears throat> um. And then she said, I don't know if this is true or not, but she said, like, you know, I, I, I need a champion. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, that's Period. a different level when you talk about, you know, it's rich athletes, but everybody not no champion, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so just hearing that. But, yeah, um, R.I.P. Kobe and Gianna. Yeah, definitely Gianna, too. Um, and you said, that, yeah, the coronavirus, that'd yeah. be crazy. We talked about that a little bit in the group uh, text. You think it's going to kind of just fizzle away or we we um, in for a rude awakening? Um, eventually, I think it's going to die down a little bit. I think 
for me, I hate conspiracy theories and things like that, but I think they made a mistake this year. I don't know if people know. So we get our flu vaccines from the flu um, season in China. That's how ours are manufactured. We base our vaccine off of what was seen the previous season overseas. Mm, never knew that. Thank you. Y'all hear that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's how they predict how to manufacture it. So I think they made a mistake this year. I don't think that it's this um, sporadic disease. I it, I think it's just the flu and we're not prepared for it this year i think that's what it is i don't because if you look at the symptoms they're flu symptoms it's not like people have this flesh-eating virus they're literally flu symptoms so i just think they messed up this year and they this is their out because that's like a different strain basically what you're right saying. and then yeah. a lot of people are getting the flu this year despite having a flu vaccine so i, I just, heard that i think they just fucked up this year and this is their out they said a lot of i know i know i was in a meeting the other day and dude said uh like more people have died this year from the corona. I mean, this year from flu than yeah. the coronavirus. So I'm like, yes, it's deep this year. I work in a hospital and we've had several cases, and eighty percent of them got their flu vaccine this year. So right. it, it's bad this year. Uh, what's up with you? Uh, the impeachment stuff. You've been keeping up with that. Not really, to be honest. I mean, I we all knew what was going to come from it. We knew it was going to be dismissed. Um, so I and we knew he wasn't going to be impeached. So this, no surprise there. So this is my thing, right? So I'm I'm stuck on the fence because you know obviously everybody like oh anti Trump Trump and all this stuff, right? Yeah. But what if this man? He might be dirty. Like, it, there's a difference between being dirty. Like, we are human. So, we've done things that were unethical, right? But yeah. what if the stuff, like, he said this one time, basically, he was saying they trying to manipulate y'all into thinking, like, I'm the bad guy. Like, if, because if he was wrong, I think it, it wouldn't have been overturned. I mean, well, they got like the Senate. So, I think that. Yeah, it's majority Republican. Right. So. Right. Okay. Okay. So that I mean, it's in his favor. Right. But I don't know. Sometimes we, you just mentioned conspiracy theories, and I'd be like thinking like a reverse conspiracy theory. Like, what if Trump ain't like the bad guy, and the Democrats really want control so bad? Like, <laughs> I he's a terrible person. Let's be clear on yeah, that. But yeah. the president is only the face. I don't think people give the president more power than that he actually has be it Trump, Obama, Bush, it doesn't matter. Clinton, no, the president does not have the power that we think they have in America. They're literally right. just the puppet, if, we, right. if we're being honest. The country is not run by them. So I, I see what you're saying in that aspect, but he is most definitely a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he tripping, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who's, because I think he's probably going to win another I four do too. years. I think he's going to win. So. I think the key is who is going to be president after him because America has set a new standard, basically, where you don't have to have any political uh, experience to be the leader of this nation. So it's like, who up next? You know, does Kanye or Kim run? Or <laughs> For real. <laughs> For real. I mean, we laughing about it, but eight years ago, if we would have said this, like the Trump run, we would have yeah. been like, what? Like, because we, and, and that's the funny thing, we've been dealing with Donald Trump our whole lives, from him being a hip-hop yeah. to him being on TV. So people tend to forget about, like, there's so many songs. I can pull up 
songs by Wayne, Gucci, everybody back in the day referencing Trump. Like, so we, you know, we joke about it now, but eight years ago, we would have been like, no, that that can never happen. Last year. Like, what? Now, now look at us. Like, I say that all the time. I I can't believe that man is president. I'd be like, damn, he really president. For sure. It's it's somewhat motivational, though. I feel like, hey, if you almost can do any damn thing you want to, man. I mean, if you really think about it, for us, like us specifically in our community right now in our area, what does the pre- what kind of effect does the president actually have on us? We have so much work we need to do in our own communities before mm. that level even reaches us to have a real impact mm. in the first place. So for me, like in my life, if I think about it, none of the presidents have affected my life immediately at all, to be honest. So... That's just no, something that I've thought about. I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And that's one thing that I think uh, people probably hate me for is I'm huge on personal accountability. So you talk about uh, what we can do in our own community and just simple stuff like not littering. Like the hood can be the hood. A right. bunch of people living in the area who don't make a lot of money don't have to be killing each other. They don't have to like there's, there's so much that you could do. Um, from a personal accountability aspect um, that we we got to work on as a community. Um, and it's a trigger for a lot of people because the, the natural thing to do is blame people or victim exactly. blame, like they call yeah. it. So, but it's like, no, this is our hood. Um, the same type of energy we have when, and I hate this, right? So somebody get killed by a cop, oh, they're going hard. You oh, know yeah. They're going hard. But as soon as somebody, like I had a, 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 a previous, a prior friend, from high school get murdered last weekend people just like oh damn rp he was a good dude why because another black man killed him yeah. and it's like why are we just where's that same energy this really should be like oh this person need to be convicted he dangerous you know what i mean like we'll talk it on snitching hood politics right, right. And, and they were street dudes and granted but at the same time i think like until we fix that um we got a long way to go. A man. long way. <laughs> a long way. Trump is the least of our worries as black people right now, if we yeah. want to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I don't know what it's going to take. I hope one day we can get to that point. But uh, eventually, you know, uh, it, we got to take control of our own destiny. Um, and, and it can be a small step. It don't, it don't have to be a huge thing. Like I said, you could just start off with not littering yeah yeah please like damn (laughs) i was rolling through the hood or i can go to the hood right now man and i guarantee you're gonna see hot cheetos bags on the ground it's just all type like nobody cares about their stuff and it's like how don't you not of course your attitude gonna be bad you uh, messed up um where you look outside and there's trash everywhere you know what i mean yeah not taking your kids to McDonald's all the time, buying fresh fruits and veggies. It's so much the small things that we could do and implement in our communities that will make a difference. But all we see is what the white man is not doing or is doing to us. So Yeah. And that's why one reason I think I wanted to have this conversation with you um, and, and do this podcast, because it's something I want to do is just put that stuff out there. Um, if it can impact at least one person, I feel like, you know, I've done my job. Like, that's all I can do. What they call that? Each reach one, teach one. Each one, teach one. I think. Yeah, Don't quote yeah. me on that though. <laughs> yeah, so, but no. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Are you good? No, I think I appreciate the conversation. Um, 
it was very inspirational for me to hear your uh, thoughts on certain situations. You know, we talk all the time, but uh, to be able to share it with other people, I think is important. Yeah, yeah, and we definitely do it again. I think we got to deep dive into that whole dating stuff. For but sure. I just, we got to come with questions be... ready. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think we'll do get, like, some user uh, submissions as well. So, all right, everybody, um, I'm going to wrap it up now. I thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to talk about what we discussed today, just hit me up on Twitter. Um, or if you got any questions or comments for our next conversation, um, do the same thing there. Um, everybody be blessed.